All right, it's time for your Miami Sports Pod. Will Manso, Clay Ferrero after another Dolphins victory Sunday. Nice win for the Finns and getting back on the winning track and doing it without Tua Tungavaloa. Uh, so, Clay, we'll start there. Look, I, there was going to be no drama from Brian Flores after the game when he was asked point blank who was starter. As you and I have had this discussion off air on social media, there's no question that Tua Tungavaloa is the starter for the Miami Dolphins when he is healthy. But... Did you learn anything about Sunday's victory against the Jets that you didn't already know, or was this the Dolphins taking care of a really bad football team? Nope, it was the latter. It was the Dolphins taking care of a bad football team and a team that is tanking. And uh, by the way, my favorite quote about Adam Gase from, I think it was Joe Douglas, the GM of the Jets, a couple of months ago when they asked him about you know, the direction of the team and are they going to fire Adam Gase? And he says, no. Uh, Adam Gase is a big part of our plan for the future. Well, apparently the plan <laughs> is getting the number one pick in the draft. So, yeah. uh, no, this is a bad Jets team. And But, hey, if you're a Dolphins fan, you swept the Jets, and that's always a good thing every year. Um, the one thing I will say, Will, is, look, Ryan Fitzpatrick is – look, we say this all the time. He is who he is. And yet Sunday was a perfect example of why you have Ryan Fitzpatrick on your team because we don't know how many first-team reps he actually got during the week of practice. And he was still able to go out there and, and manage the game fairly well, did not make the big mistake as he has been prone to do in the past, and they won the football game. And they've got a really good defense and a really good special teams unit. And when you've got that, that is all you need. Now, that's also why Tua will be the starting quarterback once he's healthy. But, no, Will, I think once again you saw the defensive backs play lockdown defense. I think everything we knew about the Dolphins heading into this mm -hmm. game bore themselves out once again. And everything we know about the Jets, at least this iteration of the Jets, bore itself out once again as well. Yeah, and I think, too, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on the game itself because I think, to your point, that's the reality is they, they took care and this is look to credit the Dolphins they took care of a bad team that's what good teams are supposed to do if you truly are a playoff team which the Dolphins as we tape this pod are in a playoff spot 11 games into the season uh, if you're a playoff team you got to beat the bad teams the Dolphins took advantage of that matchup against the Jets a terrible team they won but there is a bigger issue too and I think this is why I think too much gets lost in the Tua Fitzpatrick conversation. Again, Clay, you and I really don't buy into this conversation. I don't really want to spend much time on this pod. I know you don't either on justifying why Tua should be the starter when he's healthy because I think we both agree he is, and more importantly, Brian Flores agrees. But I, I think there's a bigger picture, and, and I ask you this question, and I don't know the answer. How do the Dolphins get the offense going with Tua and get it going to his strengths, meaning – Chan Gailey seems to have a pretty good idea of how to run the offense with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And that doesn't mean the offense is particularly successful, but he just kind of lets Fitzpatrick be a gunslinger and throw it up there 40 times a game. Uh, he did that roughly against the Jets, around 40 throws. And most games that Fitz starts, he throws in that 35-40 range. With Tua, he tries to make Tua very much a game manager, and I think that's okay to some extent. But, Clay, in these next five games, if Tua plays next week or not, Chan Gailey has to find a way to let Tua play to his strengths with the few playmakers, Parker, Kasiki, that the Dolphins have. And I don't have the answer to how to do that. No, and I think a big part of the problem, and this isn't fixable midseason, is they have no running game. No uh, running game that you can rely on. No reliable well, running game. Well, that scares an opposing defense. Look, yeah, that scares an opposing yeah, defense. Yeah, yeah. And look – 
And that's what you need, especially with a rookie quarterback, but really with any quarterback, because look, I, every quarterback is is better off of play action when you've got a, a running game that can cause the defense to creep up a little bit and allows you to hit some big plays down the mm-hmm. field. Now, I, the one thing we saw on Sunday is you know, what we saw last year, which was Ryan Fitzpatrick and, and Devontae Parker have a really, really good chemistry in that, you know, that back shoulder throw. The, just throw it up there and let him go get it. Maybe we need some more of that. Maybe Tua yeah. needs to just kind of trust Devontae Parker a little bit. Not that he doesn't, but just kind of chuck it up there every now and then, let him go up and make a play. Because, well, the, the running game isn't going to get better between now and the end of the year. I liked what I saw, the little that we saw out of Washington mm-hmm. on, on Sunday. I agree, I did too. Uh, DeAndre Washington. And and yet, I I think if, if he were a, a better option, he would have played already. Now, maybe it's because he doesn't know the offense well enough yet. But it's, it's just a bunch of different... You know, lower-tier running backs that they're putting out there every day, and and guys were fumbling on Sunday. And Mm -hmm. I I think long-term, it's clearly a position that you need to address if you're going to be a better offense moving forward. But right now, that's just – you are where you are. Now, with all that said – I think their defense and their special teams are so good yeah. that that you can afford to do the game manager thing and and win enough games the rest of the season to get that last wild card spot. Uh, but to your point, I, there has to be a couple of guys who step up, and I like seeing Callaway, uh, you know, get on the on the stat sheet on Sunday. Maybe he's a guy that can develop a bit of a chemistry with Tua, and maybe you start to feel better about uh, your core of pass catchers at that point. But no, well, to to your original question, what does Chan Gailey do? I don't. No, because based on what we've seen out of the running backs they have and, and out of the, the combination of, of two in the pass catchers that they mm-hmm. have, it's not there yet. And, and I don't think that this group is, is going to be where the Dolphins want them to be ultimately. Good enough to get to the, to the playoffs based on everything else they have, but you know this isn't going to be a top 10 offense, not this year anyway. Yeah, and I think too, I, you know, if there's something, it, it's, it's, it's almost like you're brainstorming as we do this because there is no easy answer. But I think the biggest problem for the Dolphins right now offensively is that the offensive line has really taken steps back in the last month. And early on in the season, they were serviceable. And a lot of the talk was, you know, oh, they're improving and the young guys are playing well. And I think you and I both agreed that was the case. Even though they were never an above-average offensive line, they were middle of the pack early in the season. But I think as the season has gone on, you've seen the youth, the inexperience, the lack of togetherness and having played together for a long time, I think you're seeing the issues there. And whether it's Tua or Fitzpatrick, again, when Tua's back, he'll be the starter. But if it's Fitzpatrick another week, there are issues there. It likely won't be a big an issue against a really bad Bengals team. But boy, after that, you get into that heart of the schedule against some really tough opponents. And that offensive line isn't giving the offense much of a chance. So I guess to answer my own question to some extent, Clay, I would think that Tua is not, again, he's not the gunslinger. He's not the classic drop back, keep him in the pocket quarterback. To me, you got to move Tua around. The one thing Tua can do better, and I think he's already been told that, I think he understands that, is sure, take a chance now and then on a contested play to Parker, to Gesicki. But Tua has also said that's not really his game to throw to a guy who's not open. Mm -hmm. So it has to be, you have to trust that he's smart enough to know when to do it. And honestly, even for a rookie, I think he is smart enough to know when to take that chance. But instead of saying, okay, force things when it's not there, 
How about design plays to help things be there? Get to him moving. We've seen him on rollouts how well he throws the ball. We've seen him moving around and misdirection a little bit and flinging quick passes to the tight end or the running backs, how well that works. And sure, take a shot deep now and then. We know that those are the strengths of Tua's game. So my advice to Chan Gailey, and I think what the Dolphins have to do is stop trying to make Tua work in the offense that you have for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. It's just not going to work, certainly not to Tua's strengths, in my opinion. You know, I think that's a great point. And, you know, to kind of build on that, you know, we all come with our own biases, and, and you're a big Giants guy, and, and I follow the Saints pretty closely. And one thing that I found really interesting, Peter King did a phenomenal article on how Sean Payton, the Saints head coach, works with his quarterbacks the night before a game. Payton mm -hmm. actually let him come uh, to their walkthrough and to their quarterback meeting room the night before the game. And that's basically when they go up on a board and it's kind of this, this democratic uh, version of play selection where Sean Payton will sit there with Drew Brees and the other two quarterbacks and discuss, okay, these are the plays that we ran during practice this week. And then the quarterback will essentially pick all of the plays that he wants for the next day's game, all of the plays that that he loves, that he's comfortable with, um, and, and I think that's that's the brilliance of a of a great offensive mind as a coach is you don't have a system. Your system is whatever your quarterback's strengths are, mm -hmm. and I, I think there are times when you watch this offense, and you're right, it does feel as though sometimes you're trying to to fit a square peg into a round hole or vice versa, and it doesn't feel comfortable yet. And, and yet, with all of that said, you'll see some play designs that are really, really nice. I think back to that, uh, that uh, you know, you, you look one way, look the other, and then throw down the middle to the tight end. That, That's right. The uh, one you know, that we all thought, the one we all had. thought that it was a third read, but it was actually a, a really yeah. well-designed play. Right, right. And, and so that was a brilliantly designed play. And you see those with Chan Gailey. You know, you'll have a few of those, uh, you know, every week. And yet it, it doesn't seem to be enough on a consistent basis. And, and look, it's hard to ask for a ton of brilliant play designs like that or else every offensive coordinator would have multiple versions of that in the book every single week. And yet, again, going back to your point, you need to find the plays that Tua really likes or you need to build in the plays that Tua really likes. And, and maybe this is the function of not really having an offseason, not being able to build an offense around him in training camp. and mm -hmm. Whatever it is, it, it is going to limit this offense moving forward if you can't get it figured out quickly. And again, we're talking about ceiling for this team this year. And these are the things that are going to keep this team from going to the Super Bowl. You know, we're talking about next level type stuff when you've already got this defense and special teams that are playing so well. So, no, I don't think this, this offense is going to figure it out all of a sudden and be a top 10 offense between now and the end of the season. But I do think they're going to find some things that work. And, and I agree with you. I think a lot of them are going to be, okay, what is Tua comfortable with? Who does he build the chemistry with? And what running back plays well with him? And hopefully they can figure that out between now and the end of the year to where maybe you go into Buffalo and sneak out a win and win the division. Or yeah. you find a way to sneak out a win in your wild card game. Yeah, and that's a tough thing too is that normally, you know, look, Preston Williams being out obviously hurts uh, not having a consistent running yep. game as 
as you've mentioned, you know, you had Savan Ahmed who looked like he could be something, then he's missed the last couple of games. Is he going to come back soon? We're not sure. Uh, Matt Breida hasn't been able to take advantage of his opportunities. Obviously, it didn't work out with Jordan Howard. You mentioned Washington as well. Maybe they found something there. Look, he had a few nice starts last year for the Raiders, and he looked like the kind of guy who can maybe make some plays out of the backfield, in particular uh, receiving the ball, running in between the tackles a bit. But the bottom line is this. There aren't many options for Tua to say, okay, who is going to be that guy for Tua? Guess what? It's got to be Gasicki and Parker. It has to be because there are no yep. other guys. The Dolphins aren't in a position where they have four or five weapons and maybe you could say, okay, this weapon. You look at Tom Brady. You know, he's got, he's got three number one receivers and a number one tight end. He's got op- options of guys yep. he can go to. Tua or Fitz, they don't have that. And, you know, to, to Fitz's credit, he does take those chances, but again, those chances turn into eight interceptions as well, and that's why he's thrown that many picks in the amount of time he's played. But in Tua's case, because he has such limited weapons, those are the options. So it really is, to keep stressing this point, going to be on Chan Gailey to figure out how to get those options in position. It cannot just be Tua, throw it up to Gasicki and Parker and hope they make a play. And Clay, I know you look at advanced stats probably more so than I do, but I mean, in just the reading I've done, the separation of Dolphins receivers is some of the worst in the NFL. And when you are talking, and this is this is why it's incredible to me. Tua's had a few close calls, but it's incredible to me that Tua hasn't thrown a pick yet, because the windows that he is throwing into are so so tight. Same with Fitzpatrick, by the way. This is no different with Fitz. The windows are so tight that there just aren't plays there to be made. And maybe it is opposing defenses, like you said, aren't scared of the ground game so they can attack those receivers and have multiple looks at them and guys at them because they're not scared of the guys that are going to run the football. But the the opportunities just aren't there right now. And I, and we say this all knowing the Dolphins are 7-14, and 14, but you and I are both thinking the same way. How can the Dolphins not just make the playoffs, but make a push in the playoffs, win a game in the playoffs? It's going to take those things offensively. Yeah, and look, let's reset really quickly. Look, uh, what you just said. The Miami Dolphins in 2020 are a 7-4 and four football team, and, mm-hmm. and right now really look like they're going to sneak in with a wild card berth. I, I mean, given where this team was halfway through the season in 2019 when they were a laughing stock and people were calling out Brian Flores for malpractice for the game in Pittsburgh, for letting his guys go out there and get hurt. I mean, where are we? I mean, less than less really a year later, and... I just think, look, I, we are, as you said, okay, how do you how do you raise the ceiling with this team? How do you make this team Super Bowl ready? How do you make them better than just, you know, a, a, a good, good team, a, a, a good team that has good defense, really good defense and good special teams, but how do you make them special? Well, look, there are some things that are clearly lacking, and, and I think that's the thing, Will, when you look at this roster, there aren't a lot of holes, but there are very glaring holes. It is running back, it is wide receiver, and I think you need to make sure that these offensive linemen that have shown promise, the young offensive linemen showed promise first half of the season, taking a little bit of a step back the last couple of weeks. Are you sure that those are your guys moving forward? But Will, beyond that, I just think if you're a Dolphins fan, you have to be so happy about the foundation that's been laid for this team the, the fact is that we're talking about a 7-4 yeah. football team in a way that, I mean, 
you're almost you're 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 nitpicking because you see that there's the possibility for this team to get so much better and I think that's a good thing and and to me well you know you're going to head into the off season we have a whole lot of time to to look ahead and talk about the off season but you know you're going to have free agents available guys like Allen Robinson of the Bears you're going to have the opportunity to go out there and get the playmakers that can make not just this offense mm-hmm. and not just Tua, but make this team special. You're going to have a draft where you can draft some legit playmakers. And I just think, look, have fun with this year because you're not going to experience a lot of years where you go in with practically no expectations, where you kind of get to have fun with the growth of a team while also understanding that, look, you're not going to go to the Super Bowl. And that's okay because Mm -hmm. the groundwork has been laid and you have a lot of really good young foundational pieces and you've got a fantastic head coach and there's so much to be optimistic about. And it's okay to recognize that there's some limitations this year, but long-term, man, you got to feel so good about this squad. I'm glad you you ended with that part in this because the reality is the Dolphins are ahead of schedule. I think that's the easiest way to put it. They are ahead of schedule. I think I, going into the season, thought the Dolphins were, worst case, about a six-win team, best case, about a nine-win team. I thought then you kind of get it in the middle. I thought they were a seven-win team. Well, guess what? They're already a seven-win team. I mean, they're already a seven-win team. There's five games left in the season. And it's a season in which you've already gotten Tua's feet wet. You've already moved on and said Tua's your starter. You've already been able to move forward in that direction while also seeing the growth of some really talented players on defense and the system that Brian Flores has. You've got really good special teams. We know what Jakeem Grant can do as a returner, and we've seen what Jason Sanders, my goodness, Uh, He doesn't miss from 50. He's just unbelievable. So these little things, while all knowing that the Dolphins have multiple first-round picks next year, multiple picks in other parts of the draft, uh, good salary cap space, uh, a front office that seems to understand now what they're going to do. And look, if there's ever a window to win in the NFL, it's what? Those first four or five years when you have a young quarterback before you have to lock him up to a a ridiculous contract is to be able to use that cap space to put players around that quarterback. The Dolphins are in position to do that. So any Dolphin that's listening now, and I know we can't always go by social media because, look, there's a lot of anger on social media. You and I, you mentioned you're a Saints fan. I'm a Giants fan. We get irrational like all fans when things aren't going our team's way. But if you really step back and just take a deep breath and look at what the Dolphins have done this year, what they're doing, the position they're in, they are a year ahead of schedule, and they are, I don't think it's crazy to say, Clay, about as good of a position as any team in the NFL that is already not established, like with a Patrick Mahomes, you know what I mean, Aaron Rodgers, you know, I get you, Russell Wilson. There are four or five teams in the league that because of their quarterback position and they just the, the way they do things, they're, they're great organizations. After that, though, few have positioned themselves better to create that, in my opinion, than the Dolphins. No, I agree, and I think you hit the nail on the head with the salary cap space and the fact that you've got a quarterback on a rookie deal, and that means you know when you hit free agency this upcoming offseason, you you can look at your offense and be very crystal clear about what you need, and and how rare is that that you can identify the need that you have on your team and basically have a blank check to write to one or two players that that can fill those needs and you know hey they surprised us last offseason by bringing in Byron Jones who's been fantastic mm-hmm. and and so you've got this this group of guys many of them very very young a lot of them either in their early prime or middle prime and so this offseason you get to go out and say we need this we need this and we need this to be special 
and we have three blank checks, and we have a lot of draft picks, Let's and we it. can move around and get a lot of these guys. And, you know, I, I know that they say don't draft for need and things like that, but to your point, Will, and, and we can end on this, the fact that the Dolphins have built the foundation and the fact that, the fact that they are in the position that they're in, they can afford to do everything for need now. And, mm. and that's a really rare, really good place to be when you're, you're not having to go out and just overpay on guys, hoping that one guy can come in and, and completely change the complexity of one side of the ball. No, you know specifically, you need a wide receiver who can get separation. You need a running back who mm-hmm. can be a good NFL running back. Who a team who, can be scared, opposing team can be scared of, yeah. Yeah, somebody that can take the pressure off of your young quarterback and allow those receivers who can create very minimal space right now, maybe a little bit more. So, you know, I, I can't I can't say enough about the job that Flores has done. And, and Will, I feel like this pod kind of went to this place where we're looking at, at things that the Dolphins can do to get better because the things that we already know about them, we saw again on Sunday. Great defense, really well coached, Really good special teams. Jason Sanders is probably this team's MVP. You could you could make the case for him. <laughs> True. And and beyond that, you know the offense is what it is, and and it's an offense that can get better this off season. Probably isn't going to get appreciably better until then, and that's okay. Yeah, I I agree with you. I, I think when it comes down to it. Uh, you know, we talked earlier in the pod about the things they could do this year, the rest of this season. It won't be easy, though. Look, the chances of them just going out and, hey, Tua looks great. Uh, he's in rhythm with Parker Gasicki these final five weeks or whenever he does return to play. Uh, are, it's not going to be that easy. But I think the possibility is there to see some growth moving forward. It's too bad we don't get to see our Tua Burrow matchup. Well, I was looking forward to that next week. That was going to be fun. Yeah, it's me un- too. Yeah, it's me unfortunate you don't get to see that. But you know what? When you're the Dolphins, it, 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 whether you get two back or you have another week of fits, you got to feel good that you can beat Cincy, get the 8-4. and four. My goodness, with four games left in the regular season, be in a great position to make the postseason with games still going up against the Patriots and the Bills within the division. You still have a showdown against the Chiefs, which you know can be a measuring stick kind of game, especially if you have two a quarterback to see how the youngster handles the game against uh, Patrick Mahomes. So that is your Miami Sports Pod. We'll see how the Dolphins do next week. Also next week, the return of the Miami Heat. We will certainly break down the beginning of Heat training camp in next week's pod as the Heat back. The Dolphins in a playoff push. My goodness, the Canes in the top 10. What's going on in this town? A lot of good stuff coming up. We appreciate you listening. Let's do it. Here on the Miami Sports Pod.